0: Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Conor Kira Top twenty-five week is underway. Media days are less than a week away. I gotta say, it feels like we're back. We are back.
1: I'm fired up, I'm fu- man. I like. I watched
0: that movie three days ago. Did it was you? So good. I we love the hangover, so we are man.
1: Getting dug back. I'm I'm all sorts of fired up. Um, I usually like you know Mondays are the worst, like especially Mondays after a what do you call it like a holiday weekend like a four-day weekend or as we call it last week a seven-day weekend um monday was like our our kickoff day we had our we had a conference call for the first time in a a minute that was cool it was great i was i was super excited still am still riding this wave of of work and i'm i'm excited for it
0: if you haven't seen top 25 week is underway it's awesome it's great we have a redesigned website shout out to our boss kevin duffy for putting in a whole lot of hours doing that uh if you haven't seen that go check it out it looks great it looks really clean i'm not just saying that like i i I legitimately like I, i i was blown away by by how well everything turned out with that and just some of the cool images that we have to go with some of this top 25 stuff and just great great stories that we have uh, for this whole week. We have two top 25 stories every single day. Just the best ultimate way to get you ready for 2019. And also we do some, yeah, we. I mean, that's that's what rankings are, are supposed to do. Yeah. Like the AP poll comes out, and that doesn't do it justice. And you could read your Phil Seal magazine. That's all well and good, but this is just for the 21st century.
1: Let me give you, well, I don't, I mean, that's yeah, very advanced stuff. Um, let me just get everyone excited. If you're not on board yet, let me just tell you what's ahead of you. From a content standpoint, okay? I'm pretty pumped about this right now.
0: Hashtag content.
1: Hashtag content. So, no, it's like, I was thinking of, like, what's your name? Ashlyn Harris, the girl from the, the, the women's, US World and World women's Cup, yeah I It was like, you're welcome for this content, blank. That's my mood for the rest <laughs> of the year. Um, so, we've got top 25 week, all week this week, so two a day. Ten total, Monday through Friday. We've got – and it's not just SEC We've uh, got 12. Teams. We've got Saturday, we got too. We'll do, okay, I probably should have done my homework on that. Um, all right, so we've got we've got 12 and Saturday, too. But then, starting Sunday, you're talking about the eve of media days. We'll have stuff all week from media days in Birmingham. We'll be there, obviously, but we'll have stuff for that. And then, if you're, if you're not interested in just the coach speak and all that kind of stuff for media days, or you're tired of the rankings – Fear not, because literally the Friday the day after media days, SEC network starts their 24 hour takeovers for every single SEC team twenty four hours of of what do you call it games past games highlights I don't know regardless 24 hours of happiness for each fan base it's I mean hey, and right. then after that we are talking about getting into August and it's football time
0: and camp starts in July now, so yeah it's it's a football month basically I'm pumped. so it's, it's a very good thing. It, it did feel like this week was kind of like the, oh, we're, we're back. We are yeah. we're definitely – the season is, is fast approaching, and that's a very, very good thing. Um, so definitely check out all of our top 25 stories. Um, it's just it's – it's some great work, some great discussion. I mean, it's, yeah. it's rankings, so tweet at us if we felt like we did your team a, a, just a criminal injustice, <laughs> even though – I'm sure you'll agree with
1: everything that we posted, guys.
0: I can personally promise you that you'll agree with everything. (laughs) No big deal. It'll be great. Um, But as we said, SEC Media Days are here. So what we're going to do today, we're going to have a little SEC Media Days preview. We have a few things that we want to hit on uh, before our interview with Cole Kubelik. Future Us is going to know how that's going to go because we're recording that later today. But it's going to be really, really good. We're going to talk with the SEC network Analysts about some media day things, some Auburn things, and just uh, some things about being a dad and life in general. And a couple um, of surprises. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, we haven't
1: done it yet, so I don't know. <laughs> just keep you on Let's, your toes, Connor. Let,
0: Future Us is definitely, uh, Future Us has some big things planned. Yep. SEC media days. Let's start with our favorite things about SEC. Connor, media hold on. Days. Before
1: we get started, I'm sorry, I didn't put this in the doc. But I want to ask you personally, how are you doing after the recent news that broke this morning? About Malik Willis? About Malik Willis,
0: your favorite quarterback. I'm glad you brought this up because (laughs) Malik Willis and Hugh Freeze, both rejected by Auburn, are going to be joining forces at Liberty. Now, you might say, oh, what does this really matter? Malik Willis, the guy that a certain SDS columnist said was the number eight quarterback in the SEC this season. That person will remain nameless. What does that impact the 2019 season? Well, here is what it impacts. The Rutgers over-under was 2.5. And one of the guaranteed wins that I had for Rutgers was Liberty. And now... I think the Rutgers over/under should drop to maybe at least to two.
1: That Malik Willis is going to go start over Buckshot Calvert, you are out of your mind, sir.
0: I think we need a little friendly wager on this. If you want to
1: lose on a Malik Willis starting bet twice now, no, I mean Malik Willis actually be great for that offense. I think it'll be it'll be fun to watch. But um, yeah, you're you're right, and I usually love gambling, but let's save our audience the the having to listen to Rutgers over/under bets for season win totals. I've got some fire Rutgers takes let's, for the year. We'll just to put, like, pace ourselves because it's a long season. And I want to hear him. We all want to hear him, But let's just... We'll do it another time.
0: Rutgers got a mention before Bama today. Boom. Take that, Take Take guys. That. And that's
1: when we lost all of our followers. <laughs> let's go back to your fav- our favorite things about SEC
0: Media Days. All right. I'll, I'll get us started here. Uh, we can alternate if you want, if that if that makes it easy. I got three things that I really yep. want to hit on. Um, so first, I think we... People who have been going to SEC Media Days take this for granted. The fact that fans actually go, in my opinion, is really, really cool. I've been going to... I went to Big Ten Media Days for the last... I mean, this is the first year I'm not going in the five seasons that I've been doing Big Ten stuff for us. (laughs) And and fans will show up there. They have like a fan event thing that's there. But it's not like, oh, you like see coaches that walk down some sort of red carpet yep. and fans are surrounding them. And it's this like, oh my gosh, everybody freaks out when Nick Saban We're shows up. We're just
1: here uh, asking for directions. I We took a wrong turn off of uh, I-40 over here. So just, I didn't know if you guys would know how to get back on the interstate. We're just trying to get up to Milwaukee.
0: Your Midwest <laughs> imitation. You know what, Josh Nee did like a things Big Ten fans oh, yeah. say. And it was, it was, I mean, as somebody who was born and raised in the Midwest, like that Midwest imitation was, it was bad. I'll admit Ooh, that. Man. I'll admit that about our boy, Josh. Um, that was not your best word. That's not Stick bad. to Coachella impressions.
1: Words. All right, my bad call.
0: <laughs> but no, I, I seriously think that that's like, you know, because Big time Media Days take place in in Chicago and it's like in the heart of downtown Chicago and, you know, SEC Media Day is now obviously going back to Birmingham. <laughs> the Chicago a bit of
1: Alabama.
0: <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. But I just think that that's so cool. Like seeing seeing fans that are actually like there and who have, you know, they bring their helmets and stuff like that. And Ring Guy's going to be there. And Tiger Jake's going to be there. And all these different characters that you've come to know the SEC with. And like part of the reason that we think the SEC is the craziest football conference in the world is because of some of the stuff that we see at Media Days.
1: Yeah. And so I don't, I was at, in Birmingham, my first thing I ever did with STS two years ago when we went to go interview Bama fans. And so Ring Guy, Shannon, great guy. Oh yeah. Um, I interviewed him riding a carousel in the food court at the Galleria. I want you to understand now, this is going to be a lot of fun. We get, we get to go to media days, we get to do our jobs, which is, and we're back in like football in season mode, so it's going to be a blast, right? I hope you're prepared emotionally for the letdown you're going to have going to Birmingham as opposed to Atlanta last year because it was in the Hall of Fame. It was really cool. There's all those helmets and stuff, really nice hotel. Birmingham's a little different. They call it the Magic I'm... City, but
0: I, I thought I lived in the Magic City, Orlando.
1: No, but... it's it's uh, it's it's just prepare yourself. It's it's gonna be hot. That's cool.
0: Hey, I'm used to that. I'm used to that. That's okay by me. Um, no, this will be my first Birmingham experience, which is kind of weird because I got started. You know, as some of you know, I got started on the SDS side. Right before the start of the 2017 season, like my first day on SDS was two weeks after Media Days when you did your first thing yep. for SDS. Um, so th- this Birmingham experience for me will be new. I've heard a million things about it, obviously, but I'll take you uh, past I'm some of our old
1: haunts. Get go d- take a left off Arcadelphia Road, go by Legion Field. We'll we'll
0: show you Arcadelphia? That's real. That's a real place. Yeah, that's where we right. pulled off every single time we ever went to Legion Field. Uh, okay, that makes a little more sense. Um, I don't know why Arcadelphia doesn't. You know, there's not an Arkadelphia street in every Two single Two most town, beautiful places in the world, game. Connor.
1: Arkansas Amen. and Philadelphia had a baby. Amen.
0: Commonly confused, I think, for, <laughs> for each other. Another thing I'm excited for. So we last year started this tradition of going to Top Golf, And... I don't think it's officially been planned, but going to Top Golf and like being with actually like all of our coworkers, yeah. something that we at SDS don't really do anymore because we're all spread out across the country. This is kind of our, our Camp David, so to speak. How do you, how <laughs> do you know gonna about call it Camp a happy David? Hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we can call it that. This is our happy uh, hour. Yeah, so call it lame, but like actually seeing my coworkers in person and not over a conference call. Yeah. Now, seeing you is like uh, you know, whatever. Novelty's we, worn off. That's fine. Yeah. It definitely has. Uh, but yeah just getting to see just getting to see everybody SDS crew like actually you know all together in one place just yeah. like the old days back when I started here and everybody was based in Orlando it was, it was good times but it'll be it's time just with to the bosses regroup.
1: man Coop, Coop will be there for guys who don't know Coop he's a bear hunter I believe and also oh, runs Big most of our content in the, in the on the side he's a, yeah. a very very very
0: impressive gentleman well, have Michael Bratton there, yeah. we'll, have, uh, we'll have the whole crew. Adam Spencer's not going to be there. I think he's holding down the Ford out in Cali. He's uh, on our West Coast Bureau. That, that's a shame that he's not going to be making the trip this year. But, uh, yeah, SDS West Coast, it's coming soon. Um, last thing, interacting with SEC personalities that we rarely get to see in person. And, yeah, I mean, some you get to see, like, in a game or something like that. But it's only, like, three or four times a year, at least it was last year, that Saban really gets to stare into my soul um and getting to do this at <laughs> sec today is great so i'm pumped for that um last year getting to talk to benny snell yeah. about his rap career benny the bandit um going platinum still waiting on that track to drop benny um i haven't forgotten okay? yeah we're waiting for it um and then obviously getting to talk to Devin white about his horses last year was was just a once in a lifetime opportunity because any day that i get to talk about daisy may is a blessed day
1: yeah that's fair um let's see i have i mean i agree with everything you wrote i'm really pumped just because it's like i just you know i think some of the shine i don't say shines worn off from the job but i'm just saying like i'm trying to be more professional this year and not be like oh man like i'm like peter from the bachelor bachelorette who's always just like this is crazy this is such a cool experience (laughs) like now i'm just trying to be like okay like i belong here now we're doing things that are like actual real grown-up professional things
0: here's the thing though there, there's a balance because yeah. I. There are so many people who any, anytime like anything for media day comes out, their take will be like, oh, media days is pointless. Like we yeah. don't need this anymore. Blah blah. blah. And there are going to be people who write columns based on like, oh, there weren't any exciting storylines at media days this year. Blah blah blah. If you're looking at media days from just like the oh, we need we need massive stories. Right. And that's the only way I'm going to enjoy this week. Like, I'm sorry. That kind of sucks. And it's kind of nice to go into this knowing that, yeah, it's going to be a fun week. We're going to do some different things. We'll ask different kinds of questions. We're going to be doing podcasts every day. We're going to have some fun interviews. Yeah. We're going to get to talk to people that we don't see on a regular basis. And to me, like, that's, in all seriousness, like, that's the thing that I enjoy most about this week.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's, it's cool because you get to, like, like, you interact with so many people that you don't realize – I feel, I feel like you almost get like a relationship with later on like throughout the season when like we're all trying to like work together with content or like you know we have Peter Burns on it's like oh yeah we met him for like a, a couple of minutes over at Media Days or, or something like that but now you know you kind of forge these relationships so they start there my um my biggest takeaway is I remember last year this happening more than once because this is my <laughs> first experience where I was like in the actual pit of like Media Days like we're in like the room and I just got my Mac and I'm just freaking out like Okay, like make sure my mom and/ or a debt collector doesn't call and the phone doesn't go off or make sure this doesn't happen, and I'm just like all of a sudden connor Connor goes up and they're like, "Yes, you, sir, and Connor stands up next to me, and I'm like, What in the hell is happening right now? <laughs> and Connor's just asking a question, and I was like, Get out, get the camera away. like, what is that? And it was a good question, but I, I just remember having a, an absolute internal meltdown of like, oh he's like okay he's he's really doing his job, all right, cool, yeah, absolutely. I was just fired, Once off I tweets. get that...
0: <laughs> once i get that first question out of the way and then i can just you know sweet talk joe moorhead everything's pretty much good from there yeah it, um, the but, but yeah <laughs> no no it's 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 one of those things that like you know as i i think that that in a press conference situation like that i like being able to to fire away with <laughs> with whatever comes to mind and like some of the questions i could ask in my opinion are a bit ridiculous yeah, not to call out certain people but like You know, like, some of the questions that are just awful. And you're like, why are these being asked when there are better things that could be offered up in this 15-minute press conference that we get? I just
1: remember finally getting, like, on day three or four, finally getting, like, the nerve up to be like, you know what? I'm going to go ask a question to, like, the side, side interview with the players. And I, like, walked up, and all of a sudden, like, 11 to 12 other, like like actual journalists like crowded in front of me. And I was like, I was was looking for the bathroom. I'll just probably, I'll just check it out over here. (laughs) And then I'll, I'll never forget. And I'll, I won't say his name. I'll just say that he got put on blast by NBA Twitter this weekend. Him standing up in the, in the row in front of us. And then be like, I just wrote an article about such and such. You're all going to want to read this. Because, like, something news broke out of, like, the big 10 media days, and I was like... Oh, it was the Larry Fedora thing, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it was. It was Larry Fedora. Yeah. And I remember him... I thought it was the Urban Meyer thing. You're right. It was Larry Fedora. And I remember him standing up, like, standing up while everyone else is seated doing their jobs. Like, everyone in the room is on their computer writing, doing, like, trying to get to a deadline, all that kind of stuff. And this guy <laughs> just like, are you not entertained by me? I was... That's when I, that's when I knew I belonged.
0: It was Dan Wolken. Yes, yeah, so it was. We know. We already know. That <laughs> That's was. exactly it. That was, was trending on Twitter the other day. By the way, I couldn't believe that I woke up Sunday morning and I look at what's talk. trending, it's like NBA reporter gets dunked on or whatever. And it was like, wait, Wilk did this.
1: I've done a lot of things that, that like I'm embarrassed about even to this day. Like you know you have those like, like old memories where you're like cringe, like oh why did I do that or like. But I've never stood up in a room full of other people doing my same job and then told them that they should read my version
0: of that job. Sounds like I should do that. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. (laughs) No, I will not embarrass you, Marla. I promise. Um, Okay, but speaking of that, that's a great segue. Let's play a little game. Yeah. Let's play a a game that um, I played with uh, with Dave Hooker, who hosts uh, a radio show in Chattanooga, does great work for us, does a lot of Tennessee stuff for us. I think he's going to be doing some Tennessee stuff for us next week as well. He's been on the beat for a long time out there. Um, But he threw out this idea. What would you ask every SEC coach if you gave them truth serum? So they have to answer it honestly, no matter what. There's no. So, what, what ends up happening, what, what often frustrates people about media days, is it ends up becoming like, you know, more coach, of a show. Yeah. And coaches' answers, yeah, coaches' answers are, you know, you, you, you pretty much plug and chug. It's the same thing every year. There's not really a whole lot of variation with them. But if you can give them truth serum and ask, just one question well, to each one of them. That's what we always did. We
1: did last year and the year before is like the fake quote, where it's like, like this is what they, like coaches are actually thinking. Like the the Saban thing, been like, oh yeah, yeah, gonna start? Like I know one of you idiots is gonna ask me who's gonna start with Jalen or Tua. Just let me know so I can just end everyone's day right now.
2: Fake
0: quotes are dangerous right now. Go ask Shea Patterson about that. and Felipe that. Franks and Mario Cristobal. Not not a good time for fake no. quotes right now. But um, these quotes would be, yeah. you know, we, I think we would get some really good quotes yeah. out of some of the questions that we have out here. So why don't we we each did, I took the East, you took the West. Why don't you start first? All right, here's the segment. If coaches weren't
1: liars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> first first question I would ask, I'll, I'll start with Nick Saban. We'll just go in alphabetical order by team. Scale of 1 to 10, rate the Game of Thrones finale.
0: Oh, he'd give a long answer yeah. for that. He absolutely would.
1: I And and, but, and like a follow-up, I, I would have to like sneak in there as like, Did one of your family members that follows us on Instagram show you any of my fire-ass memes about you and Game of Thrones?
0: Yes or no? See, but he wouldn't remember that. I think he would. Eh, maybe he would, he would. the The Game of Thrones one to ten, he would yeah. definitely have a, a detailed response for it. you. Might actually be able to get him a response, uh, depending on what kind of mood he's in. Although it's it's post national championship loss. Are so you I don't asking think he can me really to ask there. this question? Because I mean, I, I've got I, I a of, I've got yeah. too much
1: confidence <laughs> right now. So just if you guys catch me on, if I'm having like a, a my shirt fits well that day, a just you have no idea.
0: How many black SDS polos are you going to Dude, bring? I only
1: have one. I've, I've, I've done What? Did you be very proud of me? I I've, I've finally, um, I've, I mean, I've lost like 15 pounds since the beginning of the year. It's Super not going to really show. Nice. But I finally just started doing this new thing called buying clothes in my right size so they actually fit, um, not like my old clothes. And so I'm just... I've, I've heard of that. I found like some dry fit button downs. <laughs>
0: I got a whole wardrobe this year, dude. Dry fit, man, I... The, the dry fit invention, we, we talked last week about what the founding fathers would appreciate, yeah. air conditioning, indoor plumbing. Dry fit's got to be up there. Yeah. Same as I wear a dry life. fit shirt talking to you. That's right.
1: Yeah. Me too. I'm wearing the half zip. Have to. <laughs> All right.
0: People don't realize that we turn the AC off in our homes to be able to record this podcast. Uh, mine's Dedication running at 67
1: right, right now, so I don't know what you're talking about. Let's go on to Dan Mullen.
0: All right. Okay. Dan Mullen. Dan um, I would go with something that uh, I think Georgia fans would like to know as well. Were you talking about Justin Fields with your transfer comment? Mullen, who of course had a comment earlier in the offseason where he's like, you know, I'd be, you know, if guys were, were showing up and, and leaving and being right. you know, told something that they didn't think you know was going to happen in the recruiting process, whatever it is, you know, I'd be worried. Uh, everybody kind of thought that that was just a shot at Georgia for the way the Justin Fields thing went down. I'd love to get Mullen's actual take on the reasoning behind why he said what he said and when he said. Yeah.
1: Yeah, agreed. And also, tip of the cap to Florida for the bold, bold strategy of coming out with an actual numerical roster that they released this week. Like, you're not going to have at least three people off that roster by the time the season starts.
0: Hey, now, I mean, the way that things have been going in Florida, they could have somebody off the roster by the end Edward's of the Edwards is already off of it. Yeah, that happened. Like, I was, okay, so, sick brag here, but was doing a radio show thing and was asked a question about... The, the I can't remember who the host was, but he was like going through like all the different players that Florida just lost, and I was like, actually, and I just saw in the last ten minutes yeah. that Edwards is also entering the transfer portal, and was like, holy cow! Well, like that's four from the twenty nineteen class alone already with with that class. I will Not say
1: good. I do want to give him credit though, because as much as we like crap on the them with the transfer portal, um, his line about Kadarius Tony and C J Henderson wearing number one because they're ballers. That is, a, pretty good. that is a that is a next level recruiting tactic. I love it. I love
0: it. Um, Kadarius Tony's gonna get more than two and a half touches a game this year, allegedly. Allegedly.
1: Uh, okay, next up, Gus Malzon. My question. I mean, one, how could you? Two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like real talk, Gus. How updated is your resume? When is the like when is the last time? And I know they probably don't have to have an actual updated resume if you're a head coach like that, but I want to know like When's the last time you might have dabbled a little bit late night if you had too much to drink on monster.com trying to find well, you, trying to send that resume out to some some potential feelers
0: when he had the arkansas interest does he even have to update his resume at that point when they're pursuing you I've never been in that position where you're like hotly pursued believe it or not I've never been there where like a team is wanting to throw you know yeah. tens of millions of dollars at you I I can imagine that he, you know you do a couple things here and there to sort of prepare yourself but I don't think you actually have to do a full no. update. It, it's all out there. Yeah.
1: It just says here, karate skills. Why did, why did you yeah. list that? Well, it's, it's necessary. It's, I mean, everyone needs to know that.
0: <laughs> just buy, like, a new suit, and that's, that's about... In terms of updating yourself and presenting yourself yeah. in the best way possible, just take a new suit to your interview. That's about it. That's
1: fine. This new question, um, or this next question is... Well, I'll let you take the lead on this.
0: All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> keep in mind... This is just out of pure curiosity. So you throw stuff out there that normally, like, we wouldn't ask this. And I, you don't know say it's, we. It's it's for you, the people wanting to get an answer. So this question for Kirby Smart. By the way, we've gone out of order. That's okay. Well, no, uh, that it, doesn't that's matter. In order. We've alternated, but we didn't go in alphabetical. That doesn't matter because we skipped. We haven't done Arkansas yet. Doesn't matter. That's okay. Oh yeah, whatever. All right. The question that I would ask Kirby, if you know, he had to take truth serum. How much money did it take for George Pickens?
1: That is Connor's question and Connor's question is, alone he did the SEC East.
0: Georgia fans, I love you. Florida fans, I love you guys too. Let me just say, as a curious individual who saw the way that that recruitment went down and saw what Georgia fans said and what not what Georgia fans said what rather, but what said. Auburn fans what Auburn fans said afterwards, I would just like to know. I'm not accusing Kirby per se of doing that, but if it, you know if there's any possibility of that. It
1: what we need to do, and this would be a great, a great, a great. I, now that I'm thinking about it, this, would be genius. Um Like a a currency chart, like a, a currency conversion chart for the SEC. So for like at Bama, it's Dodge Chargers. Like how many Dodge Chargers
0: oh, would, would
1: equal Cam Newton's hundred eighty thousand dollars for like whatever, like, like church donations. You know what I mean? Like and, and just get like what each. Trojan horse of money laundering. Each school uses
0: to to pay players. Ooh, how about uh, for for Saban? What we could have done is how much was Patrick? Sertan, how much did it take for Patrick Sertan um, to, to get him away from LSU? Just a can-do attitude and some elbow grease, Connor. I don't know why you even bring that up.
1: I just no. See, I'm I'm different on this one. I know <laughs> last year I got in trouble for saying this, and I'll I'll say it again because I'm back, um, still here. <laughs> 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 but but they. I remember somebody brought up they like. The rumors are Justin Fields, was they dropped $100,000 off in a duffel bag on Justin Fields' front porch. And that was like a rampant rumor everywhere. And I remember yeah, I remember yeah. hearing that, and I was like, one, there's no effing way that happened. Because think about the absolute inconvenience as a parent or as anyone. You'd be like, you know what? It's going to cost $100,000. And somebody's like, here you go. Here's $100,000 cash. You figure out how to put it into your bank. Like, that would be... That would be such a nightmare and inconvenience to to deal with in the first place. Second off, this is what I got in trouble for. That's a steal, man. That's the number one player in the country. A hundred grand? The amount of money he would bring in? Anyway, we'll move on to Chad Morris at Arkansas.
0: My number one question for Coach K is how much did Zion get? For real. (laughs) For real. That's a great
1: question. Um, Um, Yeah, Arkansas, go ahead. We would never pay Zion. Uh, Chad Morris at Arkansas. I'm not trying to be rude here. I want to know his actual thoughts. When will Arkansas win an SEC game under you?
0: See, this is this is tough, and I, I think that that's a it's a good question to ask. But the tough thing is he could, I believe that Chad Morris believes it'll happen tomorrow. If you line him up with anybody on the field, like if he like he really truly believes yeah. that he has talked himself into believing that. What does George Costanza always say? Uh, it's not a lie if you believe it. Exactly. Um, I think that, that there's a, a part of Chad Morris that is just like, yeah, I, I think we'd, we'd go out and win tomorrow. So I would be curious if Truth Serum would actually uncover his real feelings about that after the year that was.
1: I, and, again, I'm not trying to say this to talk trash to Arkansas fans. I, I, I'm i not I'm not just saying this to placate them either. Arkansas fans are some of the best fans in the SEC, and I love the fact of how well-rounded they are in terms of like – and maybe it's just because football's down, but like those guys love their baseball, love their basketball, love their track and field team. I just want to know because that schedule is difficult. I'll tell you what. As somebody that recently went to Portland, I don't think that Portland State Openers Day is going to be a cakewalk.
0: It probably will be. but That non-conference schedule is
1: woeful. But they lost to Colorado Terrible. State last year by a lot. <laughs> like, that wasn't a close game.
0: Well, North Texas too, yeah. Oh, yeah. North, was,
1: maybe North Texas was the worst one. But I remember the Colorado State, didn't they lose by, by over 10 points to them?
0: I think, yeah, I think, well, Colorado State was the the late-blown lead, and then North Texas, they just got smacked in the face. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're right, with that fake punt, too. Um, But, no, like, when you look at the schedule, and the only reason I bring up the Arkansas thing is it's going to be tough for Ole Miss to do the same, but their crossover schedule is, I mean, they have Missouri out of the east, they have Kentucky out of the east, which is not super difficult necessarily, but it's also not super easy. And and they're in the toughest division in football.
0: Anyway, moving on. Okay, let's talk about Kentucky because – This is our our best friend, Mark Stoops. Happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday. Um, We're recording this on Tuesday, so that's when his birthday was. Give him a happy belated, everybody, even if you're not a Kentucky fan. This question is pretty obvious. It's, did you like our bank idea, or did you love our bank idea? I I need to know.
1: I forgot, you know, when I was making this video, whether, you know, if A or A-plus would be the highest score, but I forgot about... A plus plus. A
0: plus plus. Can't forget about <laughs> that. I think we yeah, can that, get a very. I honest love that, answer.
1: Man. That was such a great, a great question. When you, when you wrote that in the doc, because that was your idea. I was like, huh? And then you asked it, and he was like, it, one of the best audio clips we ever had. So I um, really hope
0: to get to ask him about that at SEC Media Days. We'll see.
1: Depends. Yes. Uh, from one of our favorite people to my absolute favorite person in the whole world, kind of Oh world. <laughs> uh, Ed Orgeron. I mean, to be fair, the first question out of my mouth is, "Can we be best friends?" Two, will you follow me on Twitter? And then three, the real question is, "Tell me your best Lane Kiffin story." Ooh, because he's like some good boys ones. with Lane with Lane Kiffin, and I know, just from the the seedy underground whispers from his time in Tuscaloosa, there's probably some good stuff. And can you imagine a story time? A, a, again, we tried it last year, like an Ed talks with Coach O about Lane Kiffin's Dirty Secrets. Oh, man.
0: So there, he was part of the whole um, Lane bet, like in his only year at Tennessee. I can't, why, why am I blanking on the na- on the recruit that they were trying to get? But they did the helicopter thing. You know, Kirby made yeah. headlines for doing that at the high school game. They were doing that 10, ten years ago. And he had the whole yeah. backstory about how that came to be and how Lane was just like, yeah, we didn't want to deal with traffic. So we're like, let's just do this. And we don't really care, kind of the repercussions of it. And Coach O was like, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. But it was, it was Lane's idea back in the day. Um, he also yeah, he would have uh, a lot of brought stories.
1: like college, like like their college-age girls to the high school football games.
0: And made them have signs and whatever, but you know <laughs> it happens. Whatever.
1: You just imagine the coach O to, like just reading like a, I mean I don't want to get too graphic here, but just a PG version of a Fifty Shades book, just of, of Lane Kiffin's exploits. Like it was a dog in stole at night, kinda. One night in Tuscaloosa, they rounders bar. Oh,
0: Gosh. Moving on, that'd be good. Uh, Barry Odom, Mizzou. If you could like poop on fire <laughs> and put it on the NCAA's doorstep without them tracing it back to you, so pretend no DNA here, uh, would you do it? I I, think you that would. is
1: the best question here. And also, by the way, I would love to see the repercussions of this because you know the NCAA would be like, "We were not aware that the University of Missouri was paying their players extra money so they could afford brown paper bags to scoop <laughs> up poop in and two ninety nine for lighters to set them on fire. They put them on like on the, they get the death penalty."
0: Don't put it out with your boots, Tad. Don't put
1: it. Don't tell me my business, devil woman. Um, <laughs> mine for Matt Luke, and this is a real question that he's, he's going to have to face at some point. How long until someone in your coaches' meetings undermines you? Or has it happened yet already? Yeah. Because, because like, you've you brought this up, and it is really intriguing to look at when you have a guy like... Why am I
0: drawing up... No, Rich, Rich Rod, you got Rich Rod is Mcintyre? and Mike McIntyre, yeah.
1: Mike McIntyre, okay, yeah. I, don't, I couldn't remember if it was McIntosh for some reason. But my, yeah, Mike McIntyre, Same who thing. are both former head coaches and, and have done it like... I understand that like Rich Rod kind of became like a laughingstock with some of the things that have happened with his career. But at some point in their career, they've done it to an elite level where they were... Like, like McIntyre was the national coach of the year like two years ago.
0: Yeah, 2016.
1: Yeah, three years ago. So, um, and then Rich Rod, obviously, he had... I mean, Rich Rod was a... He was... One wife endorsement away from being the next head coach of Alabama instead of saving. So, Ugh. but I mean, he's 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 been a head coach several places at bigger universities. And I, I wonder how long until that kind of seeps into this relationship. Because I tell you what, winning cures everything, but losing,
0: lo- losing does not cure everything. Yeah, like has Rich Rod. Try to try to be a little bit too much of the alpha in the room, and Matt Lucas just had to pull rank on him, something like that.
1: Matt Luke looks like a cartoon drawing of Ferdinand the Bull. Like I, I would not try
0: to, I would not try
1: to be the alpha in the room with him. That's pretty good. That's pretty Thank good.
0: Thank you. Um, yeah, no, the, I, I think that that what we're trying to get to here is we, we want truth because we, these these questions have been asked by by different people and not yeah. just us, and it would be very interesting to be able to answer some of these questions, these common Twitter questions, yeah. with a a definitive answer. Um this one, I I think, kind of speaks for itself. Will Muschamp, what's the most terrified you've ever been of Saban? Yeah. And that can go in a lot of different ways because, you know, he's having to, obviously he has to play against him this year. He's had to right. play against him before, so it could just be seeing his team on a given Saturday, or it could be back when he was on his staff at LSU and he saw Saban, like, nearly go Bob Knight on a kid or something like
1: my, that. My favorite story ever that, that Muschamp has shared about coaching it under him at LSU was the morning after the national championship game that they won in 2003, they had a coach's meeting and they're at like this meeting, whatever. And they're all like hung over or tired from the previous night. And Saban just lights into the entire staff and Muschamp for being behind in the recruiting game because there's only five (laughs) five weeks left till signing day. And he was like, are you kidding me? We just won a national championship. I don't know, 38 minutes ago, coach.
0: It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, so wait, real quick. I'd ask the same exact question to Jeremy yeah. Pruitt. Yeah. Jeremy Pruitt would have a great Saban story of just... And I'm not saying that Pruitt is like... It, Pruitt or Muschamp are going to be shaken in their boots. They can both, no. you know... They can handle their business. They're not going to be intimidated necessarily. But that that moment where you're like, oh my gosh, Saban's going to lose it. And I don't know what... I don't know what the rest of my day is going to look like with Saban in this yeah. kind of mood. I would just love to get those two types of stories.
1: Um, My question for Joe Moorhead... Because I feel like this question, this has to have seeped into his mind at some point. Careful. Especially when you come from a place like Penn State, a Blue Bloods national elite powerhouse, and you do it leaving in the year that they had arguably the best players to ever come to that program. And plus Fordham. Don't forget about Fordham. <laughs> also Fordham. Um, is the SEC
0: overrated on a national level? This is actually a great question to ask him. Thank it's a you. really good question to ask him because he's uh, all of his experience is basically in the Northeast yeah, and like once you, I think this the best time to answer that question is after the first year because yeah. that's when your expectations it's either way above them and you're like holy crap I didn't realize how tough this was going to be or it doesn't even come close to meeting them and you're like yeah this actually wasn't that bad and I think Moorhead, yeah. given what he had last year to be able to stay on the field with a lot of SEC teams but not necessarily being able to close close games out and right. you know, have the season that I thought that he could have I think <laughs> you know would be even candidate. better
1: would be even better is what What is like specifically the most overrated thing about the SEC or the Southeast in general? Because I would, I would just, I know I would get triggered, but I would love to see the fans. Like, if he said something about sweet tea, and it's like sweet tea is overrated, which I agree with, but I, but he just, I would love to see the meltdown that would ensue with that. I don't Mm. like biscuits.
0: Well, we know he he likes his Southern food. He likes his Southern food. He he admitted that. He's like, you know, it's been a little bit of a tough time keeping my weight down with all these good eats. I don't think that'd be the thing we'd have to worry about. I know we wouldn't have to worry about how he feels about dollar stores. He loves the fact that there are all these dollar generals in Starkville that he's able to go to and get his cat food. Um, But yeah, I I think that he gives some really good answers on that. That's a good question for him. Yeah. All right. My last one, Derek Mason. I realize that the situation is a little bit different now. you got a new AD who's going to come in, promising to do some big things with the athletic department, kind of bring them into the 21st century. But this question at this juncture with Derek Mason, I would ask, where would you rank Vandy's facilities nationally? Oh, Yeah. Did you see just, our baseball team? I, I, I'm, I'm talking <laughs> just football. Just football. Did you see our baseball team? Shout out Tim Corbin, who's basically the the Nick Saban of of, of college baseball. I Got in a little yeah, the, trouble
1: for saying that, but yeah. yeah, that's fine. I I if it wasn't, I mean, you weren't the only one. I put up an actual graphic that we had made from our. Oh, C Wright designer. and I
0: came up with that stat. Yeah, well, I, came know, up I know I that
1: stat. But so, and C Wright just like reached out like this would be a great graphic. And I was like, all right. And so then I put in the caption. All I had to do was write the caption. That's it. I didn't have to do. I didn't have to come up with the stat. Do any of the research? Didn't have to design it. Nothing. All I had to do was write the comment below the little caption. I I said. Where does he rank among these coaches, <laughs> in terms of like? And it was like listed in chronological, not chronological, but like in like numerical order of how many championships they won. And our graphic designer Danny DeVito, that's his real name, reached out and he goes, "It's listed in order. I already put it in there, you idiot." And I was like, uh, "Yeah, thanks, Danny. Appreciate it." Was <laughs> well, an interesting fact uh, because
0: it was active coaches with multiple national titles, and that's and a very you very. Know, short not short enough list can
1: be made victory. about the fact that. Of each head coach in the national championship game wrote me a handwritten Christmas card when they recruited me. Just, and there it is. We don't want to talk about the fall from grace, but just want to throw that out there. Um, last but not least, Jimbo Fisher. I'm not even going to ask you what happened at FSU, if it was a money grab for you to leave, because I know it was. Eh, but I, don't, I it,
0: don't think it was as much that. I, I'm not sure. convinced that it was.
1: Um, what really happened that night when Jameis Winston came out of the damn locker room with his yep. pads on during the game he was supposed to be suspended for. And cause because there was so much around this. I had heard again from our buddy Tyler Hook, who was on the winning and boozing episode, who's a huge, huge State fan and somewhat insider, he he told me the specifics of what happened, and why he got suspended, because if he stood up on a table oh, we know. in the, oh, yeah. the lock not locker room, in the cafeteria and yelled in like an obscenity <laughs> you're already on cineties. thin ice yeah so dumb but then he does that and he's suspended so the only thing you have to make sure happens because this is back when clemson wasn't that good It was gonna be a cakewalk everyone thought like because this was, was
0: 2014 right
1: yeah and clint yeah. trickett is the quarterback and no i think it was 2013
0: well 2013 was when they won national championship and then 2014 was when he came back and it's oh yeah, like yeah yeah you're right you right, couldn't right. stay out of trouble
1: so 2014 is yeah you're right so they he comes out on 2013 is when they went to clemson beat the brakes off of him but um, that 2014 game, he comes out, everyone in the world, he's the, he's the defending Heisman Trophy winner, right? They just won the national championship, they're undefeated again, and he comes out in full pads and uniform, and you're like, what the hell are you doing?
0: Which is basically what Jimbo said, and you could tell. I mean, he didn't need to be mic'd up for, for you to be able to tell. Like, yeah. Obviously, he was, he was upset about that, but I, I'd like to know what that conversation was like behind closed doors, and to know, like, because everybody says that he just, that Jimbo enabled Jameis, and that's... Yeah, he did. <laughs> I think the, that was,
1: like, the, the pivotal, pivotal, uh, or prime example.
0: The Matt Hayes story all but confirmed that as well. Who You know, he did that great story for Bleacher Report a few yeah. weeks ago, just on, like, Willie Taggart and what he inherited and all that stuff. But, yeah, I think that's that's kind of a, a great unknown of, like, just how bad was it? Like, what did Jimbo actually have to say to Jameis to, to sort of get through, like, hey... You realize what you did was a really, really dumb thing. I can't
1: keep going to bat for you, dude. I like <laughs> I've I've defended you every single time, and you do something just what I thought you couldn't get any dumber. You go, but like the thing with the thing with Jimbo, I think this would be such a great thing because like there's glimpses in like where Saban will get mad enough that he'll tell you exactly what he thinks, and and he won't like sugarcoat it or or anything like that or water it down. Jimbo's one of those guys, if you ask him a question on the record or off the record, that you're like, hey, like, shoot me straight here. Give me an honest answer. He wouldn't.
0: One, he would You're exactly but right. But he would do it in
1: such a way that like, you would sit there with this like professional, not a scowl, but just like not a not a frown or a smile, just like you know, looking at him, like hearing what he's saying, and then all of a sudden you'd just be smiling because it's so entertaining and he's such a likable guy, and you <laughs> want to, and like, and then, and then he'd be done with the answer, and he'd like kind of pat you on the shoulder and be like, all right, man, I got to go. And you're like, that was great. That was Hold on. He didn't answer the question at all. Like, what just happened? What? Just, yeah. I've been bamboozled. I've been hoodwinked, led astray. Like, yeah. it's
0: Last year at SEC Media Days, I asked him point blank. You said a year ago you were at ACC Media Days, and you said the ACC was far and away the best conference right. in college football. And I asked him point blank. That was the first thing I asked. Do you still feel that way? How has your opinion changed? Since coming to the SEC, keep in mind, this is before he'd even coached the game in the SEC. Yeah, yeah. And he, like, instantly backed off of, of that take and then, like, gave the most roundabout answer in the world. of Like, oh, it's not actually what I said, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right. I, I don't know, Connor. He, <laughs> you should be a politician, really.
1: For, can you imagine? And also, I've, I've realized today, that's who you, that's who's going to replace Saban. It's Jimbo. Yeah, guaranteed. Whoa. Yeah. That's Save Save that. Impression.
0: Bury the lead, my goodness. Yeah, I, I had that realization today,
1: and I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." I mean, like, I, I realized that today. And I was sitting here doing some work, watching the office, like I always do. I had the, I had an epiphany. Anyway, let's move on.
0: Seventy-five million guarantees. You know, it's a lot of money.
1: Alabama of money. doesn't have a real, real economy. They can give them any kind of fictitious amount of money available.
0: Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. All right, I'm gonna hold you to that. All right, three predictions that I have for SEC Media Days. These aren't the most bold predictions i'll say that that's not a good way to lead into a segment yeah <laughs> but okay so gus Melzon, as we know just like last year and will Muschamp is also going to they're both going to declare that they have the toughest schedules in college football yeah, yeah that's that's a given like there's yeah. there's no if ands uh, or buts about it like they, they will get on this they will get on stage and they will they will be asked about their schedule point blank or about something about expectations. And go figure the two coaches who have been talked about the most in the offseason in terms of, like, the hot seat and all that. And they're going to talk about how tough their schedule is because that's what every coach in the history of hot seat talk has ever done.
1: Gus Malzahn won't even say, hey. He'll, he'll just he'll walk on stage morning and then just go right into it. Like, we got a tough schedule in the country again. Hottest dog crap out here. Blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> he's going to go. I mean, Muschamp, Muschamp has, like, I, I still don't get it. I'm sorry. I, I, a lot of Carolina fans have been mad at me about this. I don't I don't get it why Carolina thinks they have the toughest schedule. I I just don't. <laughs> like AM has a toughest schedule and ESPN left them out of their top 10, or Sports Illustrated left them out of their top 10.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Because they the toughest they schedule in their, the country. They actually have the 10 games against Power 5 opponents because they have, you know, the UNC and then also obviously against Clemson. Yeah. So, I give them a little bit of a benefit of that with that too and then you get Bama at home. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's still a case to be made for that. There's for a case to, to be made for it. It's just not the toughest team in the, like
1: it's just not I mean there the AM has a three game series, a, a three game what do you call it? Um you know what I'm saying? A three to game stretch. Though. There you stretch. go. <laughs> <Yeah>. Big word. <laughs> I wonder how long it would have taken me to get there. They I have a three have game stretch to close the year with South Carolina at Georgia at LSU. No weeks off, just those three in a row. I, I mean ugh, that's a nightmare. Yeah. yeah, no thank you.
0: Um oh yeah, but didn't somebody predict that AM was gonna win the, the West that you got really upset about today?
1: There's no because it's not a real. I didn't really get upset about it. It's just I, what I'm tired of seeing is like we talk about the fake quotes. I'll get on a soapbox for a second. I'm glad you asked, Connor. I didn't. <laughs> the guy who made the, the stupid a hole guy who's making the the fake quotes. I'm not gonna tell you his Twitter handle because it's a 17 year old kid that's just literally as I put on Twitter throwing blank at a wall and just Hope. yes and just trying to find any sort of momentary like and 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 shallow vague sense of celebrity in in like, it's not even a 15 minutes of fame. It's like a 15 seconds of fame on social media. And I've been trying to do that for most of my adult life. So I get <laughs> it, bro. But that's not how you do it. It's just so pathetic. And like, there's no way that somebody could actually, and by the way, this guy who, who said this, he's a big, like a staunch ACC supporter, which is fine. But like, there's no way you could look at Texas A&M as a team or with that schedule and, and then make the declaration, they're going to go ahead and win the SEC West this year. How?
0: Score more points than the other team. That's all that matters, right? They
1: were they were seven overtimes and one good call away from being a seven and five team in year one.
0: That would have been eight wins, but whatever. Either way, I don't care. <laughs> uh, wait, would it have been? Oh yeah, because they got to, they got you. No, no, no. You're right. I, I stand corrected. They got to the eighth win in the regular season, and they got to nine with the bowl game. Obviously, there you okay, go. You're right. Uh, you're smart. I'm dumb. That's, <laughs> let's let's move on. But, all right. The other thing. The ahead. other obvious thing that's going to happen. Uh, Saban's going to complain about the transfer portal. We know, we know that's coming. I, Saban's not going to be alone because it, what I keep thinking coming into this week, this is the first real time that we've had to address the transfer portal at Media Days and this dynamic of having players and coaches there where I think there are some players who are really PC in what they say. yeah, And I think that even some of them are going to come out and they're going to speak in favor of the transfer portal while coaches will be like, no, this is brutal because they get you know somebody like Mullen has to be asked about it, you know, in, in an off season where he's had to deal with all these these transfer portal stories. He's of course going to be asked about that in a year where maybe he wouldn't be asked about something like that if it wasn't if the current system wasn't in play. And I think that we're going to see this divide between players and coaches and the way that they address them. I'm not saying every player is going to come out and be like really in support of it, but I think enough will to where there's it's going to be noticeable.
1: No, I agree. Um man, I bet Mullen is not looking forward to meeting this. Oh. So, uh, so I, I think I don't think Saban will complain about the transfer portal. Like He won't get on his like old old school crotchety Grand Torino soapbox like he sometimes does and talk about the transfer portal. He'll talk about it from a recruiting standpoint and the difficulties of trying to keep these kids. And I think yeah. he'll, do it, yeah. he'll do it from a standpoint of like, and I'm not trying to just go to bat for Saban because he coaches Bama, but I think just with knowing him, the guy he almost left, or he almost lost this year, and I don't know why I brought it up because I cannot pronounce his name. Ayabi Anoma. There you go. Ayabi Anoma. Close enough. Um, so that's like one of the highest highest rated recruits ever in the history of Alabama football. Yep. He's a huge, huge, huge recruit. They have. He wanted to leave. He entered the transfer portal, left, came back. That kind of stuff. When you have, when you're a freshman, and we brought it before, and you have these guys that are like, you know, five stars, like widely recruited, and and just have been told how great they are for years and years and years, and then they have to go battle for a spot for a year or more. They're gonna have somebody in their ear that's like, "Hey, there's like the grass is greener over here," and like the whole this whole continuous, like having to constantly re-recruit these kids, it's it's awful. Yeah, it's I awful. think it's a people get that. married. I so don't have to keep dating, man. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. But so I I just I think from that standpoint, he definitely will say something about it. But I think I thought about this earlier. He he has to be happy about the transfer portal in some ways for a guy like Jalen Hurts.
0: Yes and no. I, I mean, I don't really think that that Hertz was impacted by the transfer portal that much because he's as a, grand, well, as a grad stupid, transfer. As grad transfer. You know what? Let's just leave it at that. That's I'm a good stupid. point. We'll <laughs> move on to the next I one. I may
1: or may not have watched the replay of him crying after the SEC championship game, and that's what got that take out of my head. That's fine. You're the,
0: right. Who? Wait, of him crying. How much All of did us. you cry? All
1: of us cried. Yeah, Go ahead. Okay. Go to the third one, Connor.
0: Last one that I have. Nobody, and we don't know the player representatives yet because it's Tuesday, they come out on Wednesday, which is ridiculous. Just because we we already everybody already knows, you know, within the locker room, like who's gonna be going all that stuff, whatever. But no player is gonna have as much juice as Benny the Bandit did last year, except maybe and Future Us is gonna know if this is even a possibility, my man Joe Burrow.
1: I cannot I'm just so over you already with this take. (laughs) Like think about I want you to think about Benny Snell. Benny the you Bandit. said as much juice as Benny Snell, Benny the Bandit, a guy who had Snell, yeah, tattooed on his stomach, versus Joe Frickin Burrow. Different kinds of juice. Look, that you're working with like what Jamba juice? It's like I Both don't know. Both have if swagger. He Joe Burrow does have some swag, but there's other guys that have more swag than Joe Burrow, right?
0: I don't know, man. Fifth year of college, like he's kind of done this media circuit now. I, I hope Tua
1: comes in shirtless with a lay around his, his neck playing the ukulele. You want to talk about swag, bro. Right,
0: okay, so this is this is going to be – this is not going to age well because everybody probably by the time they listen to this yeah. is going to know the answer. <laughs> but is, are we sure that Tua is going to be there? Are no, we, no. Uh, there, there's still a I'd say there's IG still Harris a fairly is really well chance. spoken.
1: And there's I, I, I tell you what, I don't care how this sounds, I'm trying to think, I can't think of his name right now. That white tight end, Miller Forsall, I will bet you almost anything he will be involved.
0: I mean, Saban I'll bet you, I'll going I'll bet going you to
1: dinner I'll bet you dinner in Birmingham he's gonna be involved. Yeah,
0: because who's who's his like four year starter offensive lineman that he's gonna break? Is Pierce, have Pierce one. Baker is and, not there and anymore. able Williams, Williams. It's gonna be
1: it's gonna be Damien Harrison really last year. Damian Harris is incredible. He's, he's Allie's favorite player of all time. He's one of my favorite players of all time. He's great. Um, I guarantee you, it's this is this is who I bet it will be. Dylan Moses, Anthony Jennings, one of those two. And then on the offensive side, it'll be Miller Forstall. That, you know that's That's who I would bet it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bama has to, everybody has to bring an offensive lineman. That's like the unwritten rule of media days. If you don't yeah. bring an offensive lineman, what are you really doing? Uh, that, that's probably not a, the best sign. If you don't have that, like... That that offensive lineman who's like 24 years old, who's probably going to play in the NFL, <laughs> only has
1: the the, the fake half goatee beard just under his chin. Yeah, that guy, like has, that's that, that's every that's every fifth year senior offensive lineman, one or a person that's from Covington with a Salt Life sticker
0: on the back of their truck, academic all American, like Ac- all that yes, stuff. Yes, yeah, you know they're going to be there. We're gonna, there's going to be yeah. plenty of those guys in this Media days. All right, let's kick it to somebody that we personally have not interviewed before, but this is a, a first for, for us. Future us is going to know how this is going to go. But uh, somebody that we've obviously interacted with a lot on Twitter and you know listen to him every Saturday night on SEC Network calling games with our good pal Tom Hart and our other acquaintance Jordan Rogers. But yes, let's kick it to our interview with Cole Kubelik. We're now excited to be joined by a very special guest. It is SEC network analyst and co-host of the three-man front. It's Cole Kubelik. You guys know who he is. He, You know, we can get into football later, and I promise we're going to. Um, but first thing I got to know, when you see your child take a bite into a stick of butter, how rewarding is that as a dad, knowing that you've <laughs> raised your kid right?
2: You know, it just it makes me feel like genetically, there's more of me and him than my wife and that, that excites me, Um, (laughs) especially from him being a boy. So now hopefully his brain power, uh, he gets more of her DNA from that perspective, but you know, physically and from an appetite perspective, I'm all good with him being more me than her. So uh, it was fun (laughs) to watch. I didn't, I didn't egg him on. I didn't ask him to do that. I mean, there was a, there was a, a giant, I guess it's a brick of Kerrygold butter sitting on the counter, and he picked it up, and I just happened to be filming him, and he takes a giant chunk out of it. And didn't even – if you watch his face, like, it doesn't phase him at all. He just thinks it's completely normal. At so, all. That's my guy, man. Just that's an my all-time dude. all-time parenting it. flex. And only, only is, to be popped uh, is... off, by the way, if you go back to my videos on Twitter the night before, we're at a Mexican restaurant, and he's dipping his fingers in queso dip without chips and just eating yes. it off of his fingers. So. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, he's he's a complete maniac when it comes to his eating habits.
0: Gosh, I love it. That is, uh, that is a goal I aspire to get to one day. Um, the transfer portal. We've talked about this on the podcast before. You seem to have access to it in ways that the general public, including us, does not. Tell us more about the portal and basically why it's like looking into a different dimension. <laughs> I can't speak
2: to my access, but... You know, this has changed college football. It's, it's completely changed what coaches have to do on a daily basis. They have to re-recruit their roster almost daily. Uh, they have to check in with it daily. Uh, they have to check in with their assistants about it daily. They have to have conversations with their players about it daily. And you hear more coaches saying, hey, I just tell my guys, please come to me. Let's talk about it first. I don't even know if that's many of them that are wanting to try to put up some sort of a debate or some sort of a sales pitch to keep them in school. They just want to be able to know they need to go after a guy at that position right away to try to fill that void. Um, the roster management part has become a big a big headache for coaches. Uh, I think for the group of five, it's become just brutal for them as far as guys who have a good two three year career and want to go play their last season in the Power Five. Uh, from a numbers perspective, it's hurting those guys. And then I think from 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 just understanding what kind of depth you're going to have at different positions, specifically quarterback. It changes how you recruit high school kids. And, and I, I'm I'm wondering in the next three to five years, are we going to see maybe more coaches taking flyers on kids who grew up a fan of their school or diehard fans of their school who are maybe a little less talented than one guy that they can get because they know they're going to stay there and be fine being a backup for three or four years. I mean, it's, right. those are the kind of things that you have to take into consideration And the fact that guys can just up and leave at any time. And then when you compile that on top of the four game redshirt rule, I mean, you got kids now who can, who can go a quarter of the season like Kelly Bryant did last year and say, you know what? This isn't going to be the way I want it. So I'm out and I'll still have this year to play. I mean, think about that and just trying to manage that, trying to read the mind of 18 to 22 year olds and what they want to do, what they, what they're thinking, what other people are telling them, what they're reading on social media is an impossible task. And there are parts of it that I appreciate and that I like. Are there players that get in bad situations? Are there players that don't necessarily get the right shake from a certain coach or when a coaching change comes in, it doesn't benefit them and hurts them? Absolutely. And they deserve a chance to go play somewhere else and resurrect their career somewhere else. Because when I was playing uh, from 1997 to 2000, I mean, the word transfer was a death sentence. It was a death wish. You You didn't end up going and starring somewhere else for some other team. You transferred because something was wrong. And that was usually the end of your career, especially in the Power Five. Some guys went down to Troy or UAB or Jacksonville State and maybe played some snaps. But rarely did you hear about those guys still going to the NFL. It's a totally different game now, and it allows guys to continue to be able to play and play more at a different place. So there is some good in it, but I do think it needs some adjustment because it's, it's free agency in college football, and I don't necessarily think that's good for the game.
0: Cole, it looks like a different dimension. That was the only thing I wanted to get to, um, right?
2: <laughs> well, it is. And, and guys, yeah. guys go in, and, and some guys don't come out, and we just we don't know what happens to those guys yet. So it's just we're right. taking a wait and see approach.
0: Oh gosh, that's scary when you put it like that. Um, <laughs> so on a, on a different note, I know you've been asked about Gus all off season, but you know, as we talk about him being on this proverbial hot seat or, or whatever you want to call it. What's an element to this whole situation that
2: probably isn't getting talked about enough? I think it's him calling plays. And here's the, here's the thing, we've seen it before. And we've seen it be really good, and we've seen it be average. Now, then we've seen him hand it off and take it back multiple times within a season. But what is it really going to look like? Because last year you had a little bit of Chip Lindsey mixed in, and and his system is different than Gus's system. It's a little more pro style, and obviously the, the route trees are a little more complex. and then before that, you had a little bit of Rhett Lashley in it and, and, and Rhett can be multiple in the things that he does and does a good job coaching around particular talent that he has. Obviously when he was a coordinator in 2010, 2009, we know what it looked like then, you know it was and, and I think people forget how different it was those years when you had Chris Todd setting passing records in 2009 and then Cam Newton being dominant especially on the ground leading the SEC in rushing in 2010. So I think, I think Gus Malzahn calling plays is the most intriguing part about this entire team because, number one, it just being his, we don't really know what that part looks like because we haven't seen it in a while. Uh, now, we know what parts of it look like because he's taking it back and giving it away and taking it back and giving it away. But being just his, we haven't seen that in a little bit at Auburn. And I think added mobility at quarterback – is the next part that needs to be discussed. Whether it's Joey Gatewood, a big physical presence who could be your short yardage back and can hurt you between the tackles, or Bo Nix, who's a little more slippery and has better straight line speed and can sort of break you down outside of the pocket and do some things in the run game to force the outside of defenses to respect what he's able to do with his legs. Those are the two parts of this team that I don't think are being talked about enough. And Derek Brown gets a lot of publicity, deservingly so, But Auburn has the best defensive line in the nation, period. That's across the board. It's it's not just Derek Brown. That's Derek Brown, Marla Davidson, Nick Coe. And I think you have a couple of young guys that have been waiting their turn that are also going to be strong players for this Auburn defensive line. And Kevin Steele is going to have a strong secondary and the best defensive line in college football to be able to work with as well. So this defense, if needed be, could potentially carry this football team the first few weeks of the season.
1: You know, Cole, on the opposite side of that, I mean, Auburn returns, I believe, all five starting offensive linemen this year, which is a massive difference than how they headed the last season. And I I have always said it's a mobile quarterback and the run game that, that spurs Auburn's offense. What is the key to Auburn's offensive success this season? And please,
2: God, don't say it's the jet sweep. No, I don't. I mean, I don't think you'll see much of the jet sweep. I think that that's all but dead in in the Auburn offense. It might come out every now and then, but it's not going to be something that's there uh, a whole lot. Experience is key along the offensive line. Chemistry, continuity are key along the offensive line. Those things should all be better for this Auburn offensive line. Year two under JB Grimes, back in his second stint as the offensive line coach, the understanding of technique, fundamentals, verbiage what the guy next to you plays like. Those things should all – they are not. there shouldn't be any ironing out of any of those things. They should just be known. They should be secondhand nature to these guys now, and there should be more of a focus on what they can do better at the second level, how they can run more plays more efficiently, more effectively, finishing plays better. But the, I'll say this, all that being said, the physicality has to improve. They got pushed around at times last year. That can't happen in this league not against the defensive lines that you're going to see when you're talking about Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Florida, LSU, Alabama, Georgia. It can't happen. It's, that, it's going to cost you games. And then I think the inexperience part, too, that sort of worked against them a year ago is turning guys loose, missing blocks, missing plays, missing assignments. Those get you killed. Those get your quarterback hurt. Those get your running back hurt. Those force turnovers, and turnovers lose games. So – the continuity should definitely be better. The understanding of the system and the guys next to them should be better. Now, are they going to play better? Are they going to be more physical? Are they going to get more movement at the point of attack? Are they going to finish better? That comes down to them individually. And I expect it to be better, but some of the technical and fundamental breakdowns cannot continue to happen. And the biggest concern for me with that group is death, especially losing Austin Troxel in the preseason, or in, I guess in spring ball. They're not going to have him this year. He, to me, was going to be the swing tackle going into the season. I think he was going to back up left and right, and I think it really makes Prince Tega want to go the most valuable player on this football team. And it's not because I think that he is this orlando Pace, uh, Jonathan Ogden-type offensive tackle. I'm not saying he's like a generational tackle like a Victor Riley or a Willie Anderson or a Greg Robinson. He can be a first-round NFL draft pick. Hadn't played like that consistently yet. But now, I think if you were to lose a Prince Tega, but you're probably looking at, I would say, Jack Driscoll going from right to left and Markel Harrell going from left guard to right tackle. So now all of a sudden one injury has cost you three position changes on your offensive line. That's where they are from a depth perspective. So that's very concerning to me. They've got to be healthy getting through camp, and they've got to be healthy coming out of that Oregon game to try and get things rolling the next two weeks against Tulane and Kent State when they play against texas a&m who has probably the most underrated defensive line in the sec
0: so cole i I may or may not have said that i thought malik willis was worthy of not only winning the starting job but being the number eight quarterback in the sec uh so clearly i'm in no position to accurately predict how this whole thing is going to play out so i'll defer to you who is your bet on the starting quarterback against oregon for that opener
2: I may or may not have worked with some guys on Series XM that gave you a hard time for that. So it's it's okay. We all yeah. swing at midterms. <laughs> uh, it's it's all, all right. good. Um, you know, it, it's very intriguing because these two guys are very close. Um, I think from a skill set perspective, what they offer, what they can do. I don't think Gus Malzahn would be upset with either guy being the starter. And I know people look at Bo Nix and they say, you know, he's a true freshman. But th- if there has ever been a true freshman quarterback who is genetically ready to be inserted in being the starting quarterback on a Power 5 football team in an opener against a team like Oregon, it's Bo Nix. The kid's wearing the same number at the same position at the same school that his dad did it. He was raised by a Power 5 SEC quarterback and a Power 5 Division I offensive coordinator. His dad coached at Georgia Tech. His dad coached at Miami. His dad was his high school coach. His dad raised him. And Bo Nix has been challenged by some of the best high school talent across the country. He plays in a very difficult region in the state of Alabama at Pension Valley High School. He played up in Scottsboro as well. So he's played multiple competition across the state of Alabama. He's been to the Elite 11. He's been to the opening. He's been to the Under Armour All-American game. He has been challenged against the best of the best in high school football for not just the past year, but the past few years. And I just think that leadership is the first thing you hear about with anybody that's recruited him. They talk about the intangibles, the leadership, the it factor that he has. He's a little more slippery. I think he's faster from a straight-line speed perspective. I think he's probably a little bit more accurate. But I think Joey Gatewood throws a better ball. I think Joey Gatewood has a stronger arm. He can push the ball down the field a little bit better. And then he gives you a 240-pound frame, which you're not coaching that. And that durability may be valuable early in the season when there's a little bit of figuring out along the offensive line and with a younger quarterback who's obviously going to make some mistakes, and things may take a little bit longer to process. So I think Bo Nix will be the guy at some point in the season. Does that mean he opens the game, taking the first snap against Oregon and goes the entire distance? Probably not. I think you'll see both guys play against Oregon because think about this scenario. How do you manage two guys if things were to go poorly early on against Oregon? Are you going to take a true freshman? and insert him into the lineup for his first action of his career, game one, against a top 10, top 15 opponent in Oregon, down 14, 17, 21 points, and vice versa. If he goes, What if he goes in and there's a bad snap, there's a tip ball for an interception, and he takes a snack on a, on a busted assignment? Are you going to take a true freshman out, down 10, 14 points in the first half, early in the third quarter of the first game of his career? If there's really, it's a lose-lose situation when you think about what's next, no matter who starts, which is why I think you'll see both guys play, and then you use the Tulane and the Kent State games to have things figured out, and you know who your guy is September 21st going to College Station.
0: Well, here's your first. Bo Nix is going to be the start. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but the, you make a lot of good points about that, and I think we can all agree that he has checked a lot of these boxes so far and what we look for in a starting quarterback at Auburn, being able to have that slippery ability, as you say, I I think that that a lot of, a lot of that is going to really come out earlier than expected, at least for people that are used to seeing freshmen kind of groomed slowly. But um, we want to transition. We know that you got to go. So we want to take you out on family feud. We do this with every single guest and this is just a rapid fire. First thing that comes to mind. So marler is going to set the clock for you it's not a real clock but just rapid fire questions and answers and you're trying to compete against tom hart here for the high score so keep that in mind
2: no oh, that should be no problem
1: <laughs> right, uh, before we start i do want to say because connor you did catch some flack for the malik willis thing but a certain other host of this podcast did say bo nix would be the starter as early as as february or march just want to throw that out there That's true. that's not important Let's get to Family Feud. Are you ready, Cole? We got two minutes on the clock. I'm ready. It's, it's not just Tom Hart. It's it's Tom Hart, it's Peter Burns, it's it's Chris Doring. It's it's everybody mm-hmm. you work with. Hester, all of them. So let's try to beat that high score. Ten questions. First thing that comes to your head, first question. If you were a character on the office, who would you be?
2: Uh Michael.
1: Okay. okay very answer. interesting. Okay. Uh what is your favorite Iron He's Bowl ball, game right? and or win? That's good, yeah. Okay, repeat the question. I'm sorry. You're fine. Favorite Iron Bowl game or win? If you say 2000, I'm gonna be very upset with you.
2: <laughs> uh, believe it or not, it's it's very weird. It's very strange. I loved the 2000 Iron Bowl, but oh, I, I I cannot I I cannot not say 1998 when we 97? played the final Iron Bowl. It, no, oh, 97 wow. was great, too, because I was on the field for that field goal. But 1998, the last Iron Bowl at Legion Field. And to to think about what that meant for a kid who grew up in Homewood, Alabama, used to take the max bus for 50 cents down to Legion Field and watch, watch the Alabama games, a guy who watched bowl games. You got to understand, Legion Field, for me, was exactly what the upper deck said, the football capital of the South. So oh that's gosh. where big-time football took place. And so for me, to be able to play in an Iron Bowl in that stadium, the last one to be played in that stadium, and I know we lost, I get it, but that to me was by far uh, probably the most special football game that I ever played in in an Auburn uniform.
1: Connor, there's a single tear rolling down my cheek because I was at that game. <laughs> Cole, that's an incredible answer. I, I assumed it was 97 because that was the last time I cried before after an Iron Bowl and I was like 11 years old. But that I was at the 98 game, and I may or may not have been pulled off the fence by my dad when I was yelling at Gabe Gross. Regardless, uh, third question. If you had a walk-up song, what would it be?
2: Uh, monster, Kanye West. Oh, love that.
1: Okay uh fourth question favorite disney princess
2: Ooh, uh this is tough i'm gonna probably go right now well we have to go princess so i can't say ariel does ariel count yeah she counts yeah ariel counts that's fine Mm. i like that it fluctuates though i'm not sure if that's my final answer because you know, my, my daughter's four, so she's just gotten into. I'm I'm going Cinderella because I, I feel like Cinderella is just the gold standard. So, I'll go That's Cinderella. Fine. That's a good answer. Okay, we
1: got we got to finish these up. We got six more. Bucket list concert.
2: Bucket list concert. Man, I think I've already seen the best concert that I could ever see in my life when Jay Z and Eminem headlined Yankee Stadium and Jay Z gave Kanye West like. Uh, four songs set by himself and it was just a laundry list of elite artists that joined both guys on the stage like i mean diddy beyonce mary j Blige, d12 dr dre snoop i mean it was it was next level Uh, so i don't know if it's going to get any better than that i've seen kanye jay-z each a couple of other times but i'll say this Kanye and Jay-Z ironing things out in concert together on stage again would be kind of doing a Watch the Throne concert would be probably my bucket list concert. Either that or Beastie That's Boys fun. RIP,
1: bringing them all back up on stage. Oh, that'd be good. Do, do we have time for the remaining questions? Oh, yeah, no, we're, we're, we'll get it done. Okay, that was, that was, that was a really good answer. Um, and, a, and a pretty good humble break, too. Anyway, sixth question, favorite pair of shoes?
2: Now that is maybe the most difficult question that you could ask. Right now, <laughs> it's just randomly off the top of my head, I'm going to go uh, Air Max 180s that I bought when they were re-released about five or six years ago because I dreamed of having them as a kid, could never afford them as a kid, and now I own them. So.
1: A come-up. I like that. Um, okay, we have four left here. Better hair, Jordan Rogers or
2: Trevor Lawrence? Or you. Jordan Rogers, Uh because I don't... Ooh, Trevor Lawrence like that. has long, flowing hair, and that's nice. But I don't know if he could, if he were to cut his hair, if it would stick straight up in the air the way that Jordan's would. So, not to mention, I have to work point. with Jordan every week, so I'm going to give him a little bit of credit for that. That's nice. Um,
1: okay, three left here. Favorite non-SEC campus or stadium?
2: Um, I'm going to go BYU. Um, well, Delaware Stadium is is one of the most picturesque places that I think you can watch a college football game. I put it right up there. With the Rose Bowl, and just the entire town is just pristine and clean, and everybody's as nice as can be. So loved loved my trip to Provo. Just like
1: Birmingham, Um, not not quite, (laughs) not quite as hot, which was maybe the best. Uh, Second to last question here: Describe the Iron Bowl in one word. Goat. Oh, like that. That's good. And and last but not least, who wins the 2019 SEC Championship and the Natty?
2: I'll say, and see, this is going to be on record, and I'm not ready to make these picks yet, but right now, today, I will say Alabama and Alabama. You know what? Let me add these
1: up. You ended on a really strong note. I'll say that. Um, Let's see. It just carry the four. That's one hundred and sixty-nine points there, Cole. That's a very, very good score.
0: Very nice. Very
2: well. I think how the, the hell do you time, even actually. score it? Like, is it, what is, it is it time <laughs> between question ending and answer beginning? Like, or like, I have no idea how this is scored. So, usually, if it's I'm not only a sixty-nine place, point ceiling, six. but if you I'm killed in first first place, it. It's an excellent scoring system. <laughs> Cole,
0: we'll make a deal. We'll share our scoring system if you share with us how you get access to the transfer portal. Deal? Keep your scoring system. It's the BCS. Oh, Cole. Excellent. We appreciate you coming on. We'll have to do this again really soon. Uh, Best of luck to you the rest of the way. Uh, Continue to post great videos of your kids eating sticks of butter. I absolutely love them.
2: Thanks, guys. Look forward to doing this again soon. I appreciate it.
0: Appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate Cole coming on. We're going to have to do that uh, again with him really, really soon. Maybe he's going to give us some fire uh, gust takes midseason, something like that. Like that. Um, yeah, we can definitely do that with him. All right, fourth and wrong. Let's do it.
1: All right, so fourth and wrong, guys. From now on, I'm just gonna forget to post these the night before every single time.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I did it again today, and right now I posted just just one of the questions on my own personal Facebook page it has 54 comments. Uh, I think there was like seven. Wow. Or, we had we had like 20 or so submissions. It's really good stuff. Uh, let's get to it. It is. Each and every week, four questions we have from the internet, non-football related questions or advice you want answered. The first question from Dakota Carter, what's the best meal you've ever had slash what would be your death row
0: meal? Oh, that's a great question. Really, really good question. My death row meal is going to be Lumelnati's pizza. That's like my all-time a favorite. Dish, pizza? Lumelnati's oh. pizza. Deep Dish, Chicago, anybody that's ever been, they know. Um, that to me is like, as good as it gets in terms of something that's got, it's got a special place in my heart. You know, you can have, you can have a steak on a given day, but to me, that's like, that just takes the cake. Different kind whenever I come home, whenever I go back to Chicago, that's the food I always got to get. I, best meal I've ever had though. That's, that's tough. I don't have one off the top of my head. That's like,
1: mine's like every, every meal for the most part.
0: Yeah. Pretty much every, every time (laughs) I eat Chick-fil-A, I don't know, man, for real, um, so
1: the reason why I threw this question in there is because the death row meal question is really interesting. One mm-hmm. time I tried to do a joke about this on stage. It did not go well with the joke, but it's one of the most fascinating <laughs> things of research I've ever done because nobody thought it was funny. I think it was before America was on bur- on board with murder. Like like they weren't, it wasn't like a funny thing. Come about again? Po- you heard what I said. <laughs> like there weren't like documentaries <laughs> about it. There weren't like podcasts all about it. All that kind of stuff. But I just remember doing murder this. Murder wasn't hot yet. Yeah. Murder, murder didn't hit that sweet spot yet. Um but I remember reading up about like about like your last meal cuz you can get anything you want no matter how terrible of a person you were. Like John mm-hmm. Wayne Gacy, I'm pretty sure I remember writing all this down. I'm pretty sure John Wayne Gacy he just had 12 cakes. Just just That's 12. Impressive. Yeah, it's like they it was kind of creepy and messed up at the same time like it was an interesting interesting thing. My my last meal if I had a death row meal um I hate to say it cuz it's so lame. It'd probably just be Houston's, just like a boatload of like even like the ribs. Actually, they have these chicken tenders, that that that's like my favorite favorite meal. And I, I know that sounds bad, but like that Your death row meal is chicken tenders, dude. It's the best because it, it's like I don't know, it's the best, it's the best. It's, I mean, yeah, that sounds stupid now. It's better than twelve cakes. I'm the one that picked the question. Better. How do I always give a terrible answer to this? <laughs> it's like that one time when I was like, what 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 smell reminds me of childhood? Cigarettes. <laughs> favorite, no,
0: it was. What's your favorite smell of the South? And you yeah. said cigarettes. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Sweets.
1: Let's move on to the next one. So I switched this one up on you. Um, okay. The second question from Jake Stroud. What he he said. What's the worst date you've ever been on from a from a dating app? I'm assuming you didn't go on a date ever on a dating app. So I'm probably true. That. So what's the worst date you've ever been
0: on? Worst date I've ever been on. Um, one time with like my high school girlfriend, we nearly died going to where we it was one of those, like when you're in high school, you go to the mall on dates and you like go to a restaurant at the mall or something oh, like that. I was like 16 or something. Chicken and I was figures. getting on the highway. <laughs> did not have chicken fingers that day. I think we hit, hit up like red Robin or something. Nice. And I, um, I completely spun out on the highway and I thought we were going to die. Like I hit, hit Whoa. a patch of black ice and just what I was on the, what I was merging. And I was just petrified the entire night. And I, I couldn't tell you a single thing about the rest of the night but I like basically lived in fear that whole night. Like every, when you're, when you're driving after that, yeah. the, the, like, it's just so tense, especially when, you know, you are spun out and yeah, I completely spun out. I would have loved
1: to hear her, like, her pep talk to get you back into the car and drive to Red Robin to finish the day. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, it was not good. It was
0: not good. I can say that. Shout out to your so
1: wife for, for, you know, making that black spot or that black ice appear out of
0: nowhere. No, 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 no. That was all right. Okay. I see what you went. Yeah. I see where you went there. Yeah. That was smart. So this is
1: this is the worst date I I was ever on. This is I told this story last year when we were playing Top Golf.
0: Oh yeah, Um, yours is gonna be worse than mine. Oh yeah, definitely.
1: So I went out with this girl. We went to Top Golf and we went to the Top Golf in like Alpharetta, and um, and it was like the first date I'd been on. It's like it's like in a long time. It was like 2016 or something like that. And we went up to Top Golf, and I just remember like. This is the time when I was bartending, I was in really good shape. So I was like, I was like fitting into like better clothes. But I also still had that whole awkward thing where my hips were too wide all the time. So I would like, a lot of times, especially if I was on stage, I would like, I would have someone tell me like, hey, your fly is down. Because my hips would move and then I didn't fit into the pants right or something. And then my, my zipper would just be down for a long time. Where I would also get into trouble is the, the pockets would be too tight. And so I just, I, I, sh- I wasn't wearing clothes that fit, I guess. And so basically, we go up to Golf, and I, if anybody knows me, I get in my own head about everything and overanalyze everything. And so I got like, and I sweat profusely. So this is like in the summer. We go up. We're starting to play and i'm like nervous and my hands are really sweaty and i just start freaking out about like every possible scenario of like what if i swing and let go of the club and lose the club and then what if this happens so i'm constantly putting my hands in my pockets right and trying to dry off my hands and halfway through the first round i get the yips like legitimately get the yips and i hit 12 straight balls like that just took a direct right turn slice all the way across the bay into the net like far right net 12 balls in a row like chuck Knobuck syndrome couldn't do anything, and I just kept putting my hands in my. I scored zero for twelve straight balls, Connor. I kept put my hands in my pockets, and I since I was bartending, I had these like all these small little cuts on my hands just from like you know cutting fruit and cutting this and that. And at one point, she looks back and she goes, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I don't know what's going on. I'm just like, I, I like the I need. I should have got like a glove or something. And the and the the thing keeps like it's like slipping in my hands. And she's just like, "Are your hands bleeding?" And I had kept putting my hands in the pockets of my jeans, and since they were too tight and they kept rubbing on the outside of the denim, my hands were just bleeding from the
0: knuckles. Gross. It was
1: the worst. It was the absolute worst. So, so, whatever.
0: so this girl got a second date? No.
1: She yeah, we went back out again. It didn't work out, thank God. But it was a it was a nightmare, man. It was a nightmare. I think at that point I was like. Just honest enough about like all my flaws, and I was just like, I sweat a lot, and I have my hands are all cut up, and I'm just nervous. <laughs> she was like, oh, you're pathetic. I'll let this go on for a while. Um, your third question, from Ryan Lewis on Facebook. Rank the following liquors from best to worst. Right up your alley, Connor. Tequila, um, vodka, whiskey, rum, and gin.
0: We can agree vodka's last, right? You're an idiot. Vodka's last. Nope. <laughs> uh, vodka's last. Gin, gin I, I I like more than most people. You seem like I, I a like gin a, guy, Connor. I like a little gin and tonic. Uh, shout out to anybody who's ever done a gin bucket back in the day. Yeah! You know, talking about. Yeah, big thing back at uh, back in Big Ten country. back. Uh, I, back to, I in told college. you, I did
1: the gin bucket when we did the winning and boozing thing.
0: With the turkey baster, all That's that. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, I, I would actually have... I would do... My my order from best to worst would be whiskey, rum, gin, tequila, vodka. It's not a bad list.
1: It's not a bad list. Thank you. So I'm more of a bourbon fan than a whiskey fan. I also side note, I always don't ever be that guy, not you. I'm just saying I, I never, I'm just one listener. It's that guy's like, "Man, whiskey always makes me fight." Like, no. You're an a hole when you drink. Just don't do that anymore, okay? <laughs> just stop. Just stop being a jerk. I've never
0: understood the <laughs> moods for different alcohols. There isn't I've never one. gotten that. It's just blackout
1: like, or, I... or or go home for for tequila. There, but it's not like, it's like oh man, that, that liquor makes me fight. I'm like no, it's probably just some deep seated therapy you never dealt with. It's fine. Um, for me, I'd have whiskey at one, just solely based off the fact that like bourbon is what I mean by that yeah yeah yep.
0: i really recently got into old fashions like a lot more started making them at home i had a streak of seven straight days where i had at least one old fashioned. i saw you
1: posted about that and i was like what the hell yeah. is going on here
0: i learned how to make them and i would just i was like all right how I do got you make those them? ice cubes yeah um you, you've got you got your bitters yeah. you've got your sugar you've got a little splash so you of use water use the
1: actual you use the actual no splash of water connor you use you use the actual sugar cube or do you use simple syrup
0: no, I I just use like the, the sugar that we and have then just at,
1: put it like home.
0: mix it yeah whisk, mix it up yeah and then you get your big ice cube in there, um, and then you know you got your your orange your little orange zest yeah you've got your you know whatever your your choice of whiskey or bourbon whatever you want to do and that's all she wrote man I'll tell you gorgeous. what I like to do is especially after I used to do this a lot when I was single and lived at home and alone inside it's
1: just come home from work and, and grab <laughs> grab a glass you grab a a, a, a rocks glass. And you get whatever kind of bourbon you want. For me, it was always um, whatever I could afford at the time. Probably Woodford. I was a big Woodford guy. Um, and then fill it with, like, one of the big rocks, like you were saying. And mm-hmm. then uh, you want to measure out enough to make you fall asleep. And then just drink that other <laughs> <rocks>. <laughs> um, And that was winning and boozy. That was winning and boozy. So here's how I would rank them. I would say uh, – I'm glad you laughed at that. I was worried I was going to go. Um <laughs> So for me it's whiskey or bourbon one, vodka two. I'm a big, I don't care how basic white girl this is. I used to be skinny bitch. So it's, you know, it's it's <laughs> vodka soda splash crayon is my summer drink. So that would be that would be two. Tequila would be three, but like only for the marg's like I'm not a tequila shot guy Neither at all. Yeah. Um rum would be four and then five is gin.
2: That's
1: Nobody if if, if the word hi, like if somebody comes in and they're like, "Oh, you know what?" Uh, you'll love this gin. It's got a little bit of uh, lavender and hibiscus in it. But, like, it's not a candle. I don't, I don't want that in my mouth. So, there's that. Your last question. Your last question, and this is the one that I really am excited about. What is the worst yeah, thing sh- people do? No, it's, you, I mean, you've seen it before. What's the worst thing people do when ordering a drink at a bar? That is from Jonathan Landry on Facebook.
0: There's, see, I, no answer I give is going to be able to be as good as yours. So I'm just going to say one, don't tip, people who don't tip when they have a like a, a drink that takes forever to make. Yeah, that's. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I know there's worse, but that's the first one that comes to mind for me.
1: Yeah. Um, so I posted this on my Facebook and, and, uh, <laughs> and a lot of people, um, a lot of people said like, Like the worst is like when they're, it's busy and you're waving somebody down and then you get there and they're like, ah, and they like put their hand out. Like they're giving, like, like telling you to hold on for a second and they turn around trying to get their order. That drives me crazy. Um, Some of my favorites just, oh man, this just gave me like a little bit of PTSD here. My friend Nikki Adams wrote this. She said, when this, this drives me nuts. When somebody orders a Cape Cod or a Coupa, a Coupa Libre, a Coupa Libre, Libra, whatever it is. When somebody, or, or they say Roy Rogers, that drives me absolutely effing crazy. Because it's like, no, a Cape Cod is vodka and cranberry. Quit trying to spruce it up and make it sound all fancy. Roy Rogers, Cherry Coke. Also, why are you drinking Cherry Coke if you're not at the movie theater? That's the only time you should be drinking Cherry Coke, like ever. So that really drives me crazy. Um, oh, and then the worst is when somebody orders a Bloody Mary, not at the appropriate time. If you walk up and you're ordering a Bloody Mary and it's not before 2 p.m., like it's not brunch hours, it. Or if it's like a Monday night and it's like eight p.m., just go home. Get out I think we've life.
0: said this before, but bloody marys are basically the thing that's keeping tomato juice in business. Yeah. Nobody drinks tomato juice anymore, with the exception of my fifty-nine-year-old mother. Yeah. That is it. That's that's disgusting. the entire market on tomato juice. There's a Most reason that Florida. you have to chase people chase their tomato juice with vodka. Yeah. Because they're like, I, I, I can't do it without... And there's a reason that every time you get a Bloody Mary, it's got like eight things on top of it. Yeah. Because Bloody Marys are actually pretty gross. Because tomato they're juice disgusting. is the worst. disgusting. I'm so... They're it's
1: terrible. like terrible. Besides the internet, that's like the number one reason I'm glad I didn't grow up in like the late 70s, early 80s. Because when people try Ugh. to make like carrot juice a thing and like V8... like Or like, you know what the worst is? You see this a lot of times like in like old movies and stuff like that. It's like, you have a special hangover cure. And they just start throwing blank into a blender and it's like trust me dude it's my special recipe and there's like worcestershire sauce and like i don't know like a whole bottle of tums it's ridiculous um is
0: the single worst drink that's ever hit grocery stores it's i'd give me raw vegetables and a side of cyanide all day over v8 give me day-old oyster juice i'll
1: drink that oh that is disgusting i will say the the worst thing that's ever happened (laughs) one of the worst things there's we could go on and on about bar stories that we won't today but one of the most ridiculous things ever happened to at a bar, me and my friend Victoria Bird were bartending, it's like a Sunday night up at Houston's, and it's not busy, it's like 30 minutes till close, there's like four people at the bar, and these two younger black ladies came in, they were super nice and everything was fine, and they eat their meal, and, and everyone's just kind of keeping themselves, we're starting to do side work and getting out of there early, and all of a sudden I hear this woman who goes, uh-oh, snaps her fingers and goes, I think you threw away my bra. And I was like, I'm what? sorry, what was that? And she was like, keep in mind, this is Houston's, like, super buttoned up, so I have to be polite. I can't really be myself. And and she goes, you threw away my bra. And I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, you'll have to specify. I threw, like, your bra? And she goes, yeah. And I go, and, like, usually the whole, like, way they teach you there is, like, apologize, the guess is right, whatever. And I was just like, I have to ask, why was your bra off? And her immediate reaction, she goes... I always take my bra off when I'm eating. Like I was the crazy one. Like I like, like it was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry, miss. I you're right. You're totally right. Let me go. And so she was like, she's like, I took my bra off and and then she put it on top of her plate. Like she put she had it in, in her napkin, like on her lap or something like that. And when she was done eating, she'd fold up her napkin, put the napkin on the plate, and then and like like we had taken the plate, put it in the bus tub and taken it to the back. And so she'd already emptied the bus tub into the trash. And so Vic's looking at me and I was like, You know I'm not gonna go through the trash for someone's <laughs> bra. Like, I'm, I'm on my way out of this job. Like, I'm not doing that. And she's like, oh, So she goes back there. And then the worst part was that she's explaining it. I should have just kept my mouth shut, but she was explaining the, the, the bra type it was. And, and keep in mind, like, I'm a male. I'm a male behind the bar. And she's telling my my uh, my manager, and I just remember I had seen ads for it on, on like, social media. And it was, like, where they had this weird tie in the front and there was no straps to it. And you just pull this, the, the, like, almost like shoelaces in the front, and it... Automatically gives you cleavage, and I knew exactly what bra she was talking about. And she's she trying to describe it. And I was like, "Oh yeah," and I like named it by name. And I was like, "I've seen it on Instagram." And she's like, "Yeah, it's like a seventy dollars bra. So you better go get that out of the trash." So then I was shamed for knowing bra types, and then we had to give her a free meal, and that was why I'm so glad I'm not bartending anymore.
0: I thought the grossest thing we were going to talk about on this podcast was Bloody Marys, or <laughs> and then you just— What if I told like you that, we so. could combine all the above? Oh, my gosh. Let's end with it might mean too much. Uh, Brett Myers gave us this story uh, on Twitter. Oh, yeah. um, this, this is great. I'm sure many of you can, can relate to this, have dealt with this in years past. So this, this, uh, this is Brett's tweet to us. He said, My parents' wife and I were discussing our Thanksgiving plans for later this fall. We're going to see my sister in Colorado. They wanted to travel back home to Kansas City on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I told my wife I'm not watching the Iron Bowl while driving through nowhere, Kansas. Rivalry Saturday is my most favorite of all Saturdays. My options now are have my wife drive while I hope to stream games, or not go. So I'll be spending Thanksgiving home alone this year. Brett, it might mean too much, man. No, just
1: no. Much. You're in the right on this one. It's that's that's stupid. Stream games. There's ways. No, to it. there's ways to do it now. There's ways to skip Thanksgiving too. And I hope you find one.
0: But Thanksgiving is so great. Thanksgiving oh, is so Thanksgiving. great. You know, that's, I mean,
1: like that's a time. Well, you know what? I, I think I told you this, and I don't know if I brought it up on air, but when we talked about my mom's in Greece right now, like visiting. Oh my yes, she is.
0: posted some awesome memes. <laughs> yeah, she's killing them. Shout out, out Patty yes. Sue.
1: But but like that 2012 game, the look back that we did. My whole family went to Greece for Thanksgiving and stayed oh, yeah. there until the weekend. And I was like, I'm good. I'll wait. Just Greece don't don't great. leave, dude. Don't leave. Team need you.
0: We've got. We've got one five-star review to get to today. This is from uh, Hun Broussard. Sorry, I'm botching that one. Um, Subject, greatest podcast for greatest conference. These guys are easy to listen to and keep it entertaining. Look forward to the pods to drop every week and make the time fly by while listening. Also, didn't know that Uncle Chris has a secret identity under the name Paul Czar's Building Pools. Keep up the great work, guys. Go Tigers. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I was hoping you did. No. You, know? you don't know? I do not All know. All right. <laughs> I t- uh, can't wait to Google this. <laughs> Paul Zars. Okay. Oh, I realized that we didn't talk about, we have a fun We have a fun story that we need to tell maybe next week about a certain DM that you got from a former SEC assistant. Oh, that we yeah. To share. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for next time because it's a long story yeah. that I want to get into, and I think it's going to lead into something that we're going to need to do during the regular season. We may or may not be catfishing somebody. Yes. Okay um next time that we talk we're going to be together in person sec That's media right. days it's happening it's going down birmingham get ready for us um if you're going to be at sec media days send us a dm we'd love to meet people get to talk with all of you um yeah we're we're excited we've got a lot of great coverage continue to read all of our stuff for top 25 week make sure that you are following along with all of our great content uh do we have a facebook live coming up we do tomorrow night Ooh, we had Wednesday. one
1: last week connor that went on for 57 minutes
0: because nobody Dang. wanted to stop. Wow. Yeah. We just talked about going. everything. Follow us on Twitter at the SDS pod, at C Marler, SDS, at CJ Ogera. Coach O. We're going to see you so, so soon. Are you going to get a question for Marler? I
1: don't know. You're going to get so nervous, but a hand of pockets are bleeding again. Yeah, we can't play no golf with Marler. God, it
0: might mean too much. See you next week in Birmingham.